Well, hey, thanks for tuning into the Bold Men Podcast. Uh, this podcast is a bi-monthly or a, a every two weeks podcast-ish uh, where where we sit around and we talk about uh, men stuff. And sitting around the table today with me, I've got Joe Graves. Hello. I've got Larry Hyler. Hey. And myself. It's been a while since we've been able to do this, which is unfortunate. But yeah. Everybody just, was out of town. Yeah. That's just yeah. part of life sometimes. And so here we are. We're jumping back into it. And, and just to kind of refresh where we've been, we've been talking about uh, 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 this passage that we kind of found everything at. And that passage is 1 Corinthians. No, 2 Corinthians. Oh, where is it? It's one of the Corinthians. <laughs> Staying firm in the faith. Um that passage, well, I, I've kind of blanked on where oh, it is. Oh, boy. Isn't that terrible? Paul writes it to the church of Corinth. 613, right? 613. Is it first or second? Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Yeah. 613. He says, uh, uh, act like men, that all you do be done in love. Last time, the last podcast we talked about, uh, the implication there is in that phrase, that all you do, the implication is that you're doing something. And we talked, so last time we talked about the, the, the value and the importance of, of working. Right, we can't. We, we there's an element of work that that re, that demands respect first of all, and in order to be respected, in my opinion, as a biblical man, you've got to work. You know what I'm saying? I agree. No one really respects a, a lazy dude. Is that right, Joe? That's not right. We're still trying to figure out where that passage is. Isn't that terrible? Listen, don't hold that against us. I, I've got it on 14 <laughs> t-shirts. I should know this passage. Anyway, uh, today we we finish that up and we talk about uh, this idea that all you do be done in love. Now, love is uh, one of those words that's kind of uh, taken, I don't know, skewed quite a bit today. Love is often a sissified type word. Um but biblical love is, is something different. So let's talk for a few minutes about what is love. When we talk about love, what do we mean by that? Or maybe perhaps what is love not? Love is not a feeling. Hmm. I don't think it's a feeling at all. As the old song goes, it's a it's not it's a it's a verb. It's an action. DC Talk. DC Talk. Boy, that's good All the way back. Huh? It's a good group. Gosh, I love those guys. Saw them in concert a couple times. Did it's a fantastic yeah. show. But anyway, seriously, it's a it's a action. Um, <clears throat> real quick, not to get off point, but I me and Joni were talking about this. I always go over this with her, especially when we're talking about wives, because I ask her, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, sometimes I don't like the answers I get, but you know, I, I ask her flat out how That's my right, yeah. you know, so um, you, at my age, you realize that love was never something about a feeling. It's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do as a disciple is truly love, not transactional love, which you've got in here, but love. And that statement that marriage is not made or designed to make you happy it's to make you holy oh yeah and if you love correctly it is a hammer and a chisel in the maker's hands Mm. because there's it's not it's not fun it's hard there's no happiness in there yeah because what is it you know what it 
here's a perfect picture of what it is. It's look at the cross. That <laughs> is love. Yeah. And there's nothing happy about that. That's right. It's all pain and suffering for the good of the man next to you or the woman or the child. I think as you'll see as we go through today's podcast that you'll find that our enemy, Satan, has twisted the meaning of love as he's twisted everything. He started in the garden twisting the words of God, and he's continued to do that. He's the master of lies. And so if he can change the perception of what love is, then he can keep true love from happening between everybody in the church, between a man and a woman, between, you know, he redefines what love is. And so he says, no, no, love is this feeling that you get. No, no, love is, you know, what you want or, you know, and and materializing it or objectifying it. And instead, love is one of these things where you put someone else above yourself. I find that uh, society's pretty jacked up, you know? I mean, they've got a complete wrong view of, and it's all twisted, and it's because the ruler of this world has redefined this very word that we're discussing today. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Well, I know you've all heard the statement of witnessing to someone, they go, "Well, well, God loves me. You know, he lo- he he wouldn't condemn because God is love. I mean, how yeah. many times have you heard that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And endorsing, you know, sinful practices sure. or ways. So. Yeah. And so the answer to that is, well, what do you mean by love? That's right. What, yeah. what are you the, thinking of when you say, God loves me? The world's view or biblical yeah. view? So, so love is not, a, is not an emotion, right? I mean, it is. But it's not just mushy emotion, right? Love is often a, a hammer and chisel. I think that's a great picture. Uh, love is a hammer and chisel in the, in the hands of the maker. And the um, idea is that love is accomplishing something yeah. in our lives. It's not just an emotion. It's, it's an action. That's right. That is, is ever doing something. Another aspect of that is love is not a, um, it's not a blind affirmation affirmation you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know going back to your your example larry uh of the, of the person that says well god wouldn't condemn me he loves me like a good god a loving god wouldn't condemn someone uh what they mean by that is often god is affirming of quote unquote who i am you know what i mean like it's well, i'm the way i am and god loves me and therefore he's affirming me to act in whichever way i find to be uh, uh, good for me. And so you're trying to bring God onto your stage right. and make him play by your rules. Mm-hmm. And instead, God's not interested in that. He's more interested in you changing who you are into his definition and defining him by hit on his rules, on his yeah. playbook. Yeah. And really think about it like this, this blind, our culture is screaming right now, asking and demanding really that, that uh, just Affirm what I believe to be true. Even if you don't agree with me, affirm what my beliefs are. And that's kind of like the, the mantra of our world today. And, and love says, no, I can't do that. Because true love says, no, you're, you know, true love can say and often does say, I love you enough to correct you 
You know what I mean? You're to, hurting to bring, yourself. You're hurting yourself. You know? And think of it like this. If you have somebody that's on a, in a car and they're headed down a road and there's a sign that says the bridge is out, but they don't see it, you're going to try and flag them down. You're going to try and stop them. Don't go any further. The bridge is out. You're going to go over this bridge and you're going to die. And we don't want, you know, we want you to not do that. It's the same way. If I didn't love that person, didn't care about them, huh, you'll make it. You know, evil can evil. You've, you've got this. You know, you, you'll make that jump, I'm sure. But no, if you love that person, you'll, you'll tell them to stop. This is destructive for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the picture we get of love. Love actually preempts when somebody is in error. Well, think the, the, of the biblical picture that we get in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, mm-hmm. well, love is... And then it starts to name these attributes that, that define love. Love is patient. So love the is kind. That we ask yeah. is, well, this, is John patient? Is Joe, Joe patient? Is Larry patient? Love, love is kind. Love doesn't envy, doesn't boast. It's not self-seeking. Now, this is huge. It's not self-seeking, but what? Looking to, a, to, to, to bring value, to bring Others. positive affirmation. To others. To others. Yeah. It's others-centered. That's one of the things one of you said, uh, the selfish idea of love. We look at our marriages often. We say, well, you know, often I have these conversations with, with married couples, and they say, you know, I um, our, our marriage has just become loveless. But really what it transfers to is it's become selfish. selfish. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? That's right. If I'm only thinking about my interests in the marriage, that's what it's going to become. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, that was patient. That was kind. It's not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not selfish. Self interested, but seeking seeking the good for others. Um, so bears all things. Yeah, yeah. When when Paul comes down through there, he says, "When I was a child, I spoke like a child. Mm-hmm. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put aside the childish things." For now we see not only uh, a reflection as in a mirror, but when now we're face to face. And so this this idea is that as a child you you don't understand, but as you grow in love and you understand the you know, you there's there's a demand on our lives to love others. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And you know, uh, just to mention, when this was written, well, you talk about a messed up uh relational deal mm-hmm. in those days between man and wife. Yeah. I mean, a wife was not given the time of day. She was more or less what a piece of property. Uh, exactly. So, and and I want to say one other thing with Joe, what you, to what you just said, uh, <clears throat> when we're children, children in the faith, we as older men need to understand that these younger men need to be taught. Yeah. The, you know, like a child, a child will stay in his diapers until he's 15 if you'll let him. Mm. And, you know, it's up to us to, you know, to bring the meat and potatoes to the young mm-hmm. people. And that's what we do. So I think you guys do a great job in bold of doing that, teaching and mentoring. But this discipleship thing is so important because, and, and I, uh, John made the comment Monday night, immersing oneself in God's word. Mm-hmm. The, that this is the key to all these podcasts. We is the answers are in there. Yeah, and God's Spirit will show you the way if you will take part and eat of God's Word. Monday nights are a fantastic hour yeah. 
to do that, to get you through the week, mm-hmm. to help you through the week. And really, it's just a jumping off point. I'm, I'm hoping that that is just one aspect of the of what bold is going to become that the men learn to actually dive into the word for themselves and yeah. to and to mine for those those jewels those nuggets the the things that they need and that when we come into bold the the readings already happen yeah. that we're starting to go through and get some of these concepts that we may not have realized we had read yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, and, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be good. This next uh, <laughs> series and yeah. acts. It'll yeah, be, it's going to be, be incredible. Yeah, I, I know it's going to be good. Let's rewind for a second and kind of recenter our conversation sure, here. Sure. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Yeah, says, I was going <laughs> to be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all you do be done in love. And so, our question that we want to address in this topic, in this in this podcast, is what is love? How do we make sure that all that we do is defined by love? And we've addressed some of the things. Love is not love is not um, uh, uh, just an emotion. Love is not self-seeking. It's not self-interested. It's others-oriented. And really, the the best picture that we have of love is the cross. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, and that's let's eat into that for a second. This isn't a part of our script, but consider this for just a second. Uh, um, this is love. Paul writes, I think it's Paul that writes, not that we love God, but he first loved us. John. First, first John. First John. First John. Yep. This is love. So God's love offered to us is not contingent on our love for him. Amazing. Now think about that for Amazing. just a second. If we took that same type of philosophy into our marriages, how, how might things change? Transformed. Because it's no longer, well, it's no longer about, well, my wife, Amanda, making me happy, right? Trans, like you said, transactional. Yeah. Love. It's, it's no longer, yeah, it's no longer transactional. Well, I will give you love if you give me this, whatever those blanks are, right? Um, you know, if you, if you keep the house clean and you do this and this and this and this list of Keep the bed warm, that the bed, well, All that yep. stuff, yeah. Uh, uh, no, that's, yep. you know, this is love, John says. That's right, John. Now that we first loved God, but he loved yeah, us and gave his life as a sacrifice for us. As w- before yeah. our lives yeah. were his. Think of the what he, you know, what we, I know what I was before, and he did that before I even understood. Correct. There was That's there... the big idea here. And it's right. It's And I can, you know, I can speak. I talked to Joni about this, and I can speak about this because I asked her. I don't claim to know a lot, but this is something that I I will treasure till I die. Something that I saw God do in our marriage because of who he is. And he asked me a question verbally, just like we're sitting here. Do you want this marriage to work? Do you love your wife? And I said, yes. And he goes, if you will do what I tell you to do and follow my role, I'll repair your marriage. In a in a broad broad scope of what he said through my just this what I was reading and praying at the time I said okay, and I just you ever, we've talked about the movie Fireproof, it was the exact same thing, I removed myself from the spousal part of it and became a servant, mm. a servant, a loving servant, a agape loving servant mm-hmm. for six months. I, I slept wherever she wanted me to sleep. 
I cleaned, I cooked, I worked, I prayed, I did all the things that God was showing me to do. And uh, I mean, our marriage was, guys, our marriage was toast. I'm not kidding you. It was toast. There was nothing there, just ashes. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I look back at it now, I was totally ashamed of myself, but I mean, I just didn't know. I mean, I was just in the world's view. That's, that's what you did and so on and so on. Thank God I never had an affair. I, I kept that vow. But um, in, a, in a sum of about six to eight months, I just noticed her moving back toward me just slowly. <laughs> and before I knew it, you know, it was like we were two different people. And God and, and our marriage has been the best thing I've ever been exposed to or part of in my life, even to this day. Yeah. And through that. And I know it showed me one that what God sees in marriage. It's his most important mm-hmm. bond in this world between a man and a woman or mm-hmm. in his church. You know, the bride of Christ and the Christ himself, how he sees the church and how he sees us. And I say this and I've said it in front of you guys a hundred times. We miss, I think we miss our most important ministry in this life. When we get to heaven, we're going to have all these things we want to, maybe once we get up, we're going to want to say, I did. Mm -hmm. And God's going to open the little book, that covenant marriage. How did you treat your wife? I'm telling you guys, it can, it can never be enough. Mm -hmm. It's a life work. So you bring out two things there that I think are really important. I mean, many things there, but two things that stand out to me is uh, it's a testimony of something that I've been told for years. Now, of course, I haven't experienced this, but I've got some friends in ministry, uh, husband and wife duo, who do a lot of marriage ministry stuff. And they 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 say, look, listen, even with a with an unwilling spouse, if one spouse really pursues the Lord, that marriage can be healed. That's fixed. right. Yes. In, in your testimony. There's no that. question. That's fantastic. Um, um, uh, and the other thing is, uh, marriage is not about me, right? Can't be about me. Can't be about you. We've got to look past ourselves. Because like Gary, Gary Smalley, is that right? Yep. He writes that book, um, uh, Sacred Marriage. Yep. Fantastic book. I've got several of it. If you're listening to this podcast today and you want a copy, I'll give you a copy of it. It's fantastic. It's that good. Sacred marriage changes the way you see it because it's really not about being happy in a marriage. It's about being holy. Yes. And the way that uh, Solomon writes, um, iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Mm -hmm. That's a picture there of marriage, right? It's not just, we often think about that in, with friendships, but the con- contextually that's dealing with relationships and, and specifically marriage. And that's how our marriages can work. It, we can be sharpened. Absolutely. Uh, last night I actually watched a movie again. I'd seen a few years ago called war room. Uh-huh. If you've ever watched that movie, it's a wonderful display of exactly what you're talking about. <clears throat> the older lady in the movie, uh, a Christian lady who's been a widow for many, many years, uh, she's visiting the grave of her husband and she says to God, you know, send me somebody that I can mentor, that I can show how I've learned how to deal with these issues in my own life. And so she actually uh, is selling her house and gets in touch with a woman whose marriage is absolutely on the rocks. Her husband is inattentive, totally driven professionally, 
and they're materialistic and, and completely losing their marriage and their family and their home. And uh, through this friendship ministry that this older lady takes with the, with the woman in the movie, she's able to teach her how to pray her, her way back into a right relationship with Christ and to take the focus off of herself put it back onto God. And through those actions, God can heal that marriage and did in the movie, heal the marriage. So it's, it's a great display of what you're saying. Yeah. The focus is not on what did the other person do wrong? How is that person not fulfilling their role in Christ? Uh-huh. What am I doing to fulfill my role in Christ? It's a sobering moment when you realize I've been looking at my spouse and saying, you're not this, you're not that, you're doing this mm-hmm. wrong and that. Yeah. What about me? Yeah. Well, what's my, what's my part in that problem? Genesis 3.16, right? Mm. Which is, as a symptom of the fall, God says to Eve, um, you will desire to, to rule, rule over your husband yes. and he will rule over you. Now that one, I, I think so often in, in marriages, our issue is that um, because there's a lack of biblical love on the husband's part, because we're looking at transactional love, we're looking at sexual love, we're looking at making sure that our our desires, wants, yeah. needs, and desires are met mm-hmm. in order to give love. Um, because of that, we don't put off what is needed for our spouse to put off love. Right. Yeah. We were, and, and so what happens is she starts to overcompensate. So if I'm not, if I'm living in a way that makes her feel unsafe, what's she going to do? She's going to try to fortify to make sure that she's not hurt. Okay. If she, if she doesn't believe that I've got eyes only for her, then she's going to be incredibly insecure. She's going to have issues with other people and other females and, I mean, our world today, that's going to cause a lot of red flags and, and stuff to swell up within her if I'm not actively making her feel secure and safe in those areas. So she'll overcompensate. That's that's the funny thing about this, that curse. She's going to desire to rule, to lead, to be the protector. And that's going to really happen when the male fails mm-hmm. to be the protector. Yes. Yeah. When she sees that void, she will step into that. Part. That's right. That's right. So the question is, what is the difference between this emotional love and biblical love? Yeah. What What is, what's the disconnect here? Yeah. Yeah. That, and I, I mean, when you start to examine it, uh, you, you really have to say, well, what is my role mm-hmm. as a biblical man? In this marriage, what is my role? What should I be doing? Because we've talked a lot about what love isn't. Yeah. So what is it? Yeah. Yeah. What is the role? And so number one, what's what's the first thing that God wants us to do for our wife? Yeah. He wants us to be a protector yeah. of her, right? To shelter her from from that storm that she's going through. Yeah. Insecurities. Again, look back to Genesis. Yes. Right? Yes. Genesis one and two. God says, "Be fruitful and multiply." It's to do the earth, right? Part of that sub- subduing the earth is uh, is providing protection. And some would read that passage and, and look at be fruitful and multiply as more indicated toward Eve and her responsibilities. Of course, it, we know it takes two to tango, but uh, that's more uh, feminine language that's used there in the subdue the earth and rule over it. 
is more of a masculine terminology that's used there in the, in the in the text, and so yeah, that's one of those areas. Be a protector. Mm-hmm. Be. I, I was given great advice when I was first married. And of course, I stepped into a unique situation. Um, I well, I don't know if it's unique anymore. It's not really. You it's, know, it's it's not. But it was. It's definitely. It was new to me anyway. <clears throat> uh, I, 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 Naya was five years old when nor when Amanda and I got married, and um, we were stepping into that. Uh, adoption process with her for me and um, a mentor at my previous church said boy the most important thing for you is to be consistent be consistent and I think that's wisdom that I still hear often as men we've got to be pres- consistent with our especially family, in child with, spouses, with the children with our children yeah. right yeah. and so with that consistency comes stability yeah for that's your right. wife. And and that stability is the very thing that she's looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's that instability, she doesn't know if you're going to provide for her and she doesn't know if you're going to love her. Then she starts to try to step into that role yeah. to make that stability, to yeah. make that. And they yeah. will. They right yeah. now. Yeah, they you, will. Know, you know, I want to try, I'm, if I can say something, if, I hope it makes sense, but all the way in Genesis, God created man and woman. And I don't think we really quite understand men, especially that, you know, it's like taking a bag of concrete and you open it up and put it on the ground. It does absolutely nothing without water, mm-hmm. nothing. It's just dust and powder and some pebbles, yeah. but you add some water and what's it become? A rock, a rock, uh-huh. a foundation yeah. in the proper biblical context of, marriage a man and a woman with or for it to be ever what god designed or created you have the two have to love the way he intended them to love mm-hmm. and you put the water to the mix and you have a concrete and you have a foundation yeah. this other kind of love that joe was talking about earlier that is our world's infested with well, never works guys yeah. we look like we're looking that concrete and scattering in a field to yeah Look at look at our, look at our divorce rate even even in the it. church in the world. Yeah. I mean, and and I'm not saying divorce is into the world. I know what, sometimes it just you know things happen. And, but in the true context, we we can't be. She can't be who she was designed to be without our proper love for her. Yeah. Like you just said, when she knows she's protected, when she knows you can go away for the weekend and not have to worry about yeah. you. Mm-hmm. When she knows when you're going to work, when she knows that whatever happens, you're going to provide food and sustenance and shelter, you know, rain or shine. Yeah. When she knows these things, she blossoms. Look, look, you want to know what kind of husband you are? Number one, ask your wife, but look into a woman's eyes. You'll tell, I can tell you what kind of husband they got. Yeah. I mean, you see it. And, and for a woman to become the woman that God had created her to be, it takes a man being the man yeah. that God created him to be for her. Uh, and, you know, J- Joe said something last week on we we waste so much talent in the church. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because men, men, and I will say this and I'll say it unashamedly, men are the problem. Men are the problem. We were, we're the head. So... Anything that falls in underneath us, it's our responsibility, guys. Yeah. I don't care what she does. That's on her and her and the Lord. But our responsibility for that woman to blossom 
and to be the woman, the Proverbs 31 woman, yeah. it's on us. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think guys understand that. Yeah. They think, you know, it's that's her fault. This is my deal. Yeah. No, it's not. It's it's on our well, shoulders. In, in a marriage, it's not. You can't have mine and hers, right? It's it's ours. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. And it me and say. me is the head, and God yeah. makes that yeah. point. You know, the, but the, if the head is sick, then the rest the of the body, body will sick, fall. Right? Yeah, That's the right, rest, yeah. and and it's a symptom of the fact that the head of that marriage is not actually me. If I'm trying to make myself the head of that marriage. There's the problem. The head of that marriage is actually Christ flowing through me. If you right? have to make yourself the head, yeah. you I'm the leader. The, yeah, it's right here, woman. You're, you're not. You're not. <laughs> you, you're. You're done. You're toast. So let, let's talk a little bit about yeah. that then. If if in fact the you are the head of that, how does that play out in the marriage? When let's say you've got young kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's right. say let's say you've got young kids and. You're coming home from work and you're tired. You're worn out. What's just your first thing? You just want some quiet. I need a cold beer and a, and a soft Mercy. Couch. It is time for you to unwind because you've been at it all day. And you know right? what? I've earned it. Joe. You've earned a dag on it. Yeah. 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 That's right. I work it's hard your right. To put food on the uh-huh. table, no. Keep power in the house. Now let's look at the other side of the coin. Uh-huh. Your wife has been at home with those kids all day long. Sitting around, sitting around doing nothing, right? No, <laughs> not quite. We know better than that. We know we? better because those kids have been wearing her rear end out all day long. That's right. They've been on her nonstop. You think about it. You be yeah. your kids all day long, and they are mommy. I need this, mommy, 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 mom, mommy, mommy, mom, 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 mom. And so, <laughs> and she has had it. She's heard too much about crayons and Barbies and and easy bake ovens and and who knows what else she's heard about all day long. And she's had enough. Yeah. You're there, and you're fresh meat. Yeah, you are the reprieve she's been looking for, and yet you're looking for a couch. Yeah, and so you have a problem here. You have two sides. One side's looking for rest, and the other side's looking for rest. Now, what happens? There's conflict. There's conflict. Yeah. You you have two different expectations. She says, "Go see your father," and he says, "Leave me alone. Mom's gonna take yeah, care of it." Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And so you have this conflict that blows up, and really, it comes down to on both sides. Both sides are wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Both sides are are have to do some some work there to to make that right. So where do the expectations fall? How, how do you make that play out as a godly man listening to this podcast? How do you make that work in your favor? I think it starts in the drive. Okay. Yes. That's a good point. Joe, you've worked hard all day. And, and yes, it would be so good for you to be able to sit down and have a cold one and veg out on TV. But as you drive home from your work... We have to get into our heads that our true work is about to start. That's our right. Mission is about to start. Because yep. if home's not right, nothing's right. I I learned. That's funny you brought that up, Mister Wells, because I remember learning that principle from a guy at a marriage conference yeah. back when I had my second child. So many years ago, and I made me and Joni talked about this, and I would leave work, and long as I wasn't completely brain dead i would pull over somewhere in between home and work and i would stop and i would literally turn off the radio and i would pray that's great father i'm now entering my true Mm -hmm. field of ministry yep 
take away my selfish desires, oh, yeah. put my focus on my wife and yeah. my children in that order, and help me be the man I need to be. Now, was I always, I know I, leave me alone, I'm going to my, you know, but I, the intention was there, and I'll tell you, it made a world of difference. Yeah. For her to know that I was trying my best, humanly best, to do that made a difference in her also. Now, there's another side of that. So, so that's, that's key, realizing your important work is about to start as you get home. You're going to want to veg out and go on you know, to the recliner and sit for the rest of the night. Um, but understand that we've got little ones and a spouse that deserve our best. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's one, uh, one aspect there. The other thing to consider um, is mom has been the bad guy potentially all day. All day long. She's been saying, no, 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 you can't. No more. And because we've been, you know, at work with dopes like us, uh, <laughs> we want to be like, if so we, when we get home, we want to play. We want to. You get to be the knight in shining armor. The right, mom's been bad right. all day to men. Now yeah. dad's home. We got to play. And-, and, and so we want all the good, but we've got to remember that we've got to take some of the responsibility for the bad. We but actually had that exact situation happen in our home when our kids were little. My wife one time said, you know, you get to come home and play with him, be the good guy. And I'm, I'm the old heavy. She, she wanted me to take that. And I said, you know, you're right. You, you were right about that. And so I had to be conscious of, but what's a good game plan though? I mean, you've got this problem, right? And it's obvious that in younger families like this, where you have kids and if the wife is staying home, or even if not, you know, if the wife works and the husband works, you both come home and you're both thinking, I want to rest. I want to put my feet up. How, how do you negotiate that? And I think the first thing is you need to have a plan. Mm -hmm. You need to actually talk about it. You need to actually sit down and have a, an intentional conversation about how do we navigate these waters? You can never live up to unvoiced expectations. That's right. You, you must voice expectations for one another. Communicate with them because you'll never, you'll never live up to her unvoiced expectations. Mm-hmm. And she'll never live up to your unvoiced expectations. And after that conversation, you can say, well, look, I need about 10 minutes of just to prepare myself for this. And then I'm going to come in and we're going to deal with the issues. We're going to do homework. We're going to, we're going to have, if there's a discipline issue, we're going to take care of that right there. And then you know, we're going to work in tandem on this. You're going to go and do what you need to do. Or if we need to have a conversation, we're going to do that. But it's, there needs to be that consistent uh, communication, communication about it. What, and it may be an on the fly type of thing. Each day may look different, especially with the younger kids. You know, it, you just have to be willing to keep the conversation flowing. You know, and I think you've already said it, consistency is such yeah. a big deal with the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're one of those guys that, as of right now, you don't really care. Like, I'm going to come home and put my feet up. I'm done. I've dealt with it. You, you need to get get your head out of the sand. Or out of your butt. <laughs> out of your rear end. What... Yeah, you need, you need to get your eyes opened up because you're destroying the perfect opportunity you've got to speak into your wife's life, to speak into your child's life. And, as Larry pointed out earlier, for a man a husband a father to do that it's not only missing an opportunity it's really now that you've heard this it's 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 active disobedience disobedience why because god's commanded you 
And, and you know, John, I think too, while we have young men that become into men that come into men that take that position is because, well, my father yeah. exemplified that. Mm-hmm. He or they never work, had the example. He got a beer. He sat on the couch yeah. and he watched TV. Mom yeah. fixed. So when he grows up, what's he do? Yeah. Don't do as I say, do as I do type mm-hmm. thing. Don't do as I do, do as I say. That doesn't go well with. Uh, so maybe you raising. need a, a new role model, right? Well, re- Come out the your mold, heavenly you know? father and the yeah. model of your heavenly father. Yeah, you yeah. could. Who who didn't consider eternity something to be grasped, but Grasp, made himself self man. equality to God something. <laughs> up, yep, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, there was some. And, and you know, we we talk about backing out and say, Joe, you said not not. You know, that's not. Well, I don't care. You know, can you imagine Jesus? Uh, you know, in the middle of his suffering, just okay. That's it. Time I'm out. Done. Angels, come on, get me down. Yeah, We're I'm done. We're, you know, salvation story. That. No, no. We have to finish the work yeah. given us. It's, you know, I look, all my children are grown now, and I look at them, and they've all, you know, I, I, I guess they would never be well enough for my, who I am. But I look at, you know, as Sammy was preaching, I poured my life into them. Yeah. Not by just words, but by doing, by example. And, you know, and every time I get with them, I, I just, they love being with me, which I didn't have that when I was a young man with my mom and dad. Yeah. I really didn't. I didn't want to be around them. I don't know what, what to deal with, but they love being around us. They love going to church together. And I mean, I, I see the, some of the fruits playing out in their yeah. own lives. And I know it's hard at that age. I understand that. You got, you know, but it, it's worth it, guys. It's worth every moment, every muscle. Every squeeze, you know, where you just have to take a break. It's worth it. The because long- at the end of your life, guess what? You're not going to care about that extra paycheck you earned. You're not going to care about that promotion you got. It's- You're not going to care about that car you drove. You're going to regret. Yes. Not spending Not time. spending that time and, with and your kids. And loving your wife. And another thing I talked about, the young men in the family. How are they learning to love their future wife, dads? That's right. How They're are looking they, at you. How are the daughters learning how to pick their husbands? Th- these are yeah. big deals. Yeah, with generational impacts. That's right. And so, as we wrap up, we've 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 got to wrap things up. But let's let's real quick bullet three take home points. Uh, first of all, uh, guys, love your wife because God commands it. Right, love your wife because God commands it. Ephesians five, uh, we're commanded to love our wives. Simple, love your wife. And that means a, a sacrificial love. That's not looking to my own interest, but to the interest of her. And as you know, our sermon series right now talking about the family. One of the take-home points this morning, which will be last week when you hear this podcast, uh, was the, the emphasis that uh, there's a value in the husband-wife relationship that must be kept top shelf. We can't allow our kids to become the centerpiece of our marriage, and that's probably a podcast for another day, but it's something to be noted. We must love our wives, love them because God has commanded it. Number two, love your wife in always, for always, above all others. Guard yourself, men. Guard yourself. Don't allow other uh, women to sneak in, whether digitally or at work or any other way, shape, or form. Guard your your path with your wife. Love her, only her, always, above all others. Yes, compromises. Compromise is a wicked thing. That's right. That's and right. it creeps in subtly. Yeah. And then finally, the last point I suppose we'll make today is love your wife uh, with authority and tenderness. 
Uh, that means make decisions. I, I struggle with this one, guys, when it mm-hmm. comes to raising my I've got young kids at the house, and I'll often, the kids will run up and say, Daddy, can I blank? And I'll say, well, go ask your mom. <laughs> well, that's not fair, that's right? That's not fair at all. In honesty, you should already have an understanding with your wife right. ahead of time of how things are going to go. That's right. And you should be, be, be able to say, if you're, if you're not able, then you haven't had the conversation. You should be able to say to that child, we've talked about this, mm-hmm. and you know that that's not allowed. Yeah. But, but see, my silly stuff, it's like, Dad, can I have an apple? And for whatever reason, instead of saying yes, I'll say, go ask your mom. Hmm. <laughs> well, I know mom's going to say, yeah, it's an apple. It's not a candy bar. But anyway, I often, I'll find myself wanting to defer because I don't know maybe what she's had to eat that day or whatever. It's just silly things. But the point is, I will defer to not make decisions and that's not loving to my wife. I need to make those decisions. You know what I mean? Yep. I need to yep. protect her in that. Because and maybe in a different... she becomes the heavy. Maybe in a different context, John, um, let's, let's make it a little more difficult. Yeah. That there's a major decision that has to be made in the marriage. And the two, the two, the man and the woman are not agreeing on the situation. And it's come to the point where... It's not like dig your heels in, mad at each other, can't make the decision, but she feels one way, he feels the other way. And a decision has to be made. It's not something you can put you're off. You got you're in a deadlock. At that point, I think that the godly interpretation of scripture is that the man has to make that decision and if it's the right decision, then you don't gloat over her that she didn't want to do it, but if it's the wrong decision, you definitely got to protect her. On that front, That's you right. have to be willing to stand in the gap and say, you know what? I did this. You don't have to stand the, the fallout of this. This is on me. Yeah. And, and take that what pressure. We're talking about, I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. That's tough, but rewarding, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, a, there's a lot of these things you can do to guard your marriage and really, and, and more so, I think when you're raising young, <clears throat> young kids that you can, you know, know beforehand, like Joe said, very important how you're going to react when a child says, well, I'm going to. Go ask dad. We we had a rule in our house. Mm-hmm. If you had asked your mother or your father mm-hmm. something and they said no, and then they snuck around and asked you, you that was a that was big, punishment. That was, that's that was, right. Yeah. That's you were going to get punished. You, you were done. That, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know we need to back and and you know we had the idea and you know kids will try to start. You've seen they'll start rifts oh, just yeah. intentionally, they're, and they're like we would sharks. say okay. They can smell blood in the water. <laughs> I'm telling you, they that's are. Right. And if there's any little fissure between the husband and wife, <laughs> yeah. they will pry yeah. on that and, and and you have to make pre-concluded yeah. plans of how to, you know, yeah. deal with that situation. We're going to go in the kitchen, be back out in a minute. You're not going to be a part of this, and then we'll give you the answer That's or whatever. Right. And and I mean, guys, see, I I don't think guys, you said it when we started this. I go to work, I put in my hours, I'm providing bread, a, a roof. That's not it. That's, God, that's, God provides that. <laughs> that's a part of what you need to do Dude, for your yes, family. You need to work, but, but what you at home, you know, nurturing your wife and educating and discipling your children, that is the I mean, I'm getting the to the point. Eternal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Eternal. Guys, we've got to wrap it up, but a final word, Joe, on love. What's the final word you got on love? You better find it with your father first. That's right. Through Jesus Christ. If you don't ground it out of out of a relationship with Christ, you're not going to find it anywhere else. That's right. 
Larry, final word true, on love. True love is the cross of Jesus Christ. That's there right. you go. Yeah. That's right. And in that cross, that's where we find our pattern, how to love. It's selfless that's right. love. Love is a verb. It's not transactional. Yeah. It's, 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 it's putting others first. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, that all you do be done in love. And that's our prayer for each of ourselves. That's our prayer. God, help me to do all I do in love. And that's our prayer for you, listener. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Join us next week or next time because our conversation is going to shift uh, to this really hot topic in the world today. And that is gender roles. What is the role of the man? What's the role of the woman? How do we handle that? How do we navigate that? Join us next time as we jump into that topic. God bless. Take care. And thanks for listening to the Bold Men Podcast. Talk to you later, guys. See ya.